Welcome to episode four of season two of Armchair Donkeys. We've got another special guest and teammate on the show today who was Bob's favorite target. While at the University of Colorado in 2001, Daniel Graham won the John Mackey Award given annually to the best tight end in college football. He was then drafted in the first round by the New England Patriots, where he won two Super Bowl rings. DG, thanks for joining us on the show today. You had a phenomenal career, and I'm sure that Bob can attest to this as well. But it was awesome to be there for a part of it. A part of it, of all the accolades, um, uh, including the Big 12 title, the John Mackey Award, the two Super Bowl rings. Looking back on your career, is there a game or moment that stands out the most to you? Hey, well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me. You know, it, it took more than a season to get me on here, but hey, I'm happy to be on here nonetheless. And uh, you know, with two of my two of my couple of favorite guys up there from CU, so uh, appreciate you guys having me on here. But uh, you know, as I look back on my career, you know, I was very fortunate and blessed to have a career I had. You know, uh, but I, I tell people, you know, I was fortunate to win two Super Bowls, but nothing comes close to the Nebraska game. That's always ranked number one in my book in my career, and I really don't have a play, but just that game alone. Um, just for what we all been through for the previous years uh, facing them and then my last year to beat them at home the way we did, that is still just unbelievable and unforgettable in my, in my memory of my career. Yeah, you know, you know I, uh, I got a moment uh, from that game that sticks out pretty clearly for me. Uh, we were in the locker room before the kick, and uh, you came up to me and you said, we're winning this game today, Bo. And I was like, yeah, I know. And you, and you looked me dead in the eye and you said, no, Bo, we're winning this game today. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then Bannon came up to me and did the same thing. And then Vic and then Dre and then Bob. And it was like, all right, I guess we're going to Dallas next weekend. And, and that was really, um, that was really, that was really powerful, powerful, man. It was, it was pretty impressive to see you guys take ownership of the team like that and say, Hey, we're putting an end to this today. Um, you know, I me. Mean, you were like a big brother to me in the tight end room, DG. You threw tape balls at me during film study when I was sleeping. Hey, uh, hey I was trying to stay awake myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, then prior to that Big 12 championship run in the winter of 2001, when our strength coach, the late great Doc Crease, made a decision that the big guys, which included the offensive and defensive linemen, were going to lift at 5.30 a.m. on Fridays, you chose to include the tight ends in those Friday morning lifting sessions as well, which I was not that happy about. You know, I'm, I'm not a morning person, and trust me when I tell you, I did everything that I could to get Dan to change his mind, Bob, because, you know, I wanted to chase babes with you on Pearl Street on Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> DG, you remember, uh, you remember what happened on that first uh, 5.30 a.m. lifting session? <laughs> Man, Bo, I don't, man. You got to re <laughs> remind all me. Right, but, all right. you know, I can just say to you, Bo, man, I, I'm a person that wants to get up and get the workout over with. And then you got the rest of the day to enjoy yourself, you know? So that that's why I was like, we're getting up early in the morning. I, I do remember that was your excuse. It was like, look, we got a three-day weekend at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> but uh, so, so the night before our first 5.30 a.m. lifting session, I said, fuck it. And I went out with Bob. And uh, at 5.30 in the morning the, uh, the next day, I get a call from Quinn. 
hey, where are you? I'm in bed. Where the fuck are you? In the weight room. I said, oh, shit. I jumped out of bed, <laughs> got dressed as fast as I could, jumped in big body. I parked illegally in, in lot 169. I sprinted up to Dalhorn. <laughs> and when I got to the weight room, I'm completely disheveled. My hair is a total mess. And Doc is sitting there at the door waiting for me with a smile on his face. And he goes, hell, tight ends got 19 stadiums for every minute Bo Williams is late. And with that, Bruda leads us out to the stadium where it's snowing. And now, mind you, I'm still drunk from the night before. You know, after we finish, Doc breaks the rest of the tight end. He proceeds to put me through my workout and watch every rep of every exercise that was on the whiteboard. Needless to say, uh, that was the last Thursday that I went out. And looking back on that, I guess that's probably why DG played 11 seasons in the NFL and I ended up in nightlife. Hey, well, you know what? That's a great story, you know, and I, I, I can't do nothing but back it up with the story about Bobby, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm okay admitting uh, we had a bye week and uh, for whatever reason, we chose to practice early Saturday morning and we went out Friday night, or I think we were, where are you, your house, Dan? No, no, it was, I had a birthday party on the hill. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. all, yeah, we all were on the hill partying. You know, and, and this is, this is no bullshit. I went home, I turned, I put the alarm on the time it was, I was supposed to wake up and I didn't turn it on. So I was asleep and Scotty Nemeth and somebody else were in my room waking me up. Came came walking down into practice. I think there may have been like 10 minutes left with all my shit on. And then uh, everybody, Doc was like, all right, Bobby, you're staying with me. Everybody, I ran one gasser. Everybody went up the hill and Doc was like, hey, let, we'll just hang out down here for like 20 minutes. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make you run. <laughs> and oh, and I tell you what, Barnett was pissed too. <laughs> hey, you know I'm going to see Gary tomorrow because we go to Minnesota for the game. But uh, yeah. he reminds he reminds me every time um, <laughs> about me missing. But you know, hey, it, there's I think in the Nebraska game, I think we may have ran H2 Bronco twice the entire time we were there, and we ran it twice <laughs> yeah. in the in the Nebraska game. And uh, you caught one and took it down the sideline. It would have been nice if you would have gave a little more effort and got in the end zone to give me another <laughs> touchdown pass, um, not have to make me sneak it in. Um, but then, you know, the other one, we were backed up on like the one and and you and Quinn ran into one another. And yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was lucky enough to show my wheels and get like yeah. a 25-yard gain down the sideline. Hey, and that's uh, the fastest you ever ran. You're damn right it was. <laughs> Hey, Bob, I think on the other Bronco, uh, Dan was double covered and I was wide open. You still threw it to him and he got like four <laughs> yards on it. <laughs> uh, all right, Bob, let's get to gambling. How did you do last weekend? Uh, I did fairly well. Um, you know, I, uh, man, I feel terrible. I've been running around all day. I don't have everything in front of me, but I had some, I had some pretty good winners in the NFL, man. I took the Bears money line, the Bears 49ers under, and the Bears in the spread. So uh, I, I cleaned up on that one. Had a couple of teasers that were really close that couldn't catch it at the end. Um, but all in all, it, it was pretty solid. Um, you know, obviously I didn't, I didn't touch our buffs, um, so I didn't bet with my heart this weekend like I did the first weekend. Um, but, it, you know, it was, it was a pretty good one um, considering. Uh, you know, you, you did uh, take Carolina, though, I believe, and I tried to talk you out of that one. As I yeah, I a, did. Yeah. I had a gut feeling that Cleveland was going to get that one done. 
Uh, well, they, missed, you know, they missed a field goal to to win the to win the game. So, or maybe did they, no? Did they make the field goal and then Cleveland went back down and scored? Cleveland went remember. back down and kicked the yeah, field goal. Yeah, but yeah. The, the kicking was just awful, and we had our fair share of uh, kicking miscues when we played against Nebraska. But the kicking was absolutely atrocious uh, on Sunday. Uh, so you know, I I I um, if UNLV had pulled off the upset against Cal. I'd have had a monster week, and I'd be wearing my Mountain West crown today. <laughs> I'm going to show it to Dan uh, just so he can see it. But uh, Bob had this crown made for me because I went 11-3 and three in the Mountain West Conference last year. I was 2-2, two and two, and I said, you know what? I'm going to start paying attention to what's going on in this conference because I know that the, the sports books aren't paying as much attention to what's going on in the conference. And I finished the season 11-3. Bob had the crown made for me. Um, you know, I hit Oregon State over Fresno State last weekend. I teased Michigan down to 45 against Hawaii. And although although I did hit UNLV plus 13, I ended up pushing on that game because I had the over 48 as well as the plus 380 on the money line, which were my only two losses of the week. Nine, two, and one on the week for me, which is pretty good. Uh, that brings me to four and three on the season in the Mountain West Conference. Not bad, but not where we uh, need to be to put that crown back on my head this week. With that, uh, let's get into it. Um, why don't you take us to Seattle, Bob, where the Washington Huskies are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Trader and his Spartans. The over-under in this game is 56-and-a-half. You know, I, here, here's my deal. I think Michigan State's pretty good. No matter what Midnight Mel did, I don't really care. I'm over it. Um, I guess they, got, they have a couple questions on the back end, but I think they're physical. They're going to score points. Um, I'm not sold yet on Washington being a team that can score enough points. So um, I really like uh, Michigan State uh, in Seattle this weekend. And, and I, just, I just feel like they're a hell of a lot more physical than Washington is. And I don't think Washington's just quite ready to compete at that level. Um, and there's not, not going to be anything easy about it, but I really like uh, Midnight Mel and his, his Spartans um, in Seattle. DG, any thoughts you'd like to share on this game or maybe on Midnight Mel? Well, you know what? Man's got to do what a man's got to do. So, you know, we can't fault him uh, for leaving. I do like that nickname, though, Midnight Mel. <laughs> That's the first time I heard that one. You know, but uh, I'm with Bobby. I'm going to take Michigan State on this one. You know, uh, just it's, it's a different style of football. And, and uh, you know, that Big Ten is, you know, I, just a period right now with the Pac-12. So, I'm going to take the Michigan State. Yeah, you know, Bo, Bo, let me add one more thing. Uh, you know, what I really like this week, and I know we're only really taking one college game, but um, I like teasing this thing and getting some extra points with the Spartans and then uh, and then keep rolling with, with USC and teasing that one down. I think there's going to be a ton of points scored. I just don't think if, if we can get if tease that down to six and a half, I don't think Fresno State stays within a touchdown. But uh, so that's that's really what I'm leaning towards right now in the college football world. I love that play, Bob. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to take us to South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is gifting the Cal Bears 11 points. The over-under in this game is 40 and a half. Notre Dame is off to a rough start this season. They're 0-2 and haven't really been able to get much going offensively this year. That's not going to bode well for them against the Cal defense that is pretty stingy, in my opinion. I think the strength of the Cal defense is in their secondary who had tight coverage uh, over on, on UNLV's talented receiver group all game last weekend. Notre Dame also has, to, has yet to prove that they can run the ball with anyone other than their quarterback. 
They're 0-3 under their new head coach since last year's bowl game against Oklahoma State. They have no business giving the 2-0 Bears team 11 points in this win, in this game. I think Cal can win the game outright, but just in case I'm missing something, I'm I'm going to push this up to 17 in a teaser. That might be another uh, another good game to throw into your teaser, Bob. Any thoughts here? I like it. Isn't, isn't Notre Dame starting their backup quarterback this weekend too? They might be. They benched the other kid last week. Yeah. Um, no, I, I man, I like that. I am not sold on Notre Dame either. I mean, I know they're going to be hungry looking for their first win with, you know, Marcus Freeman as their head coach. But um, I like the way Cal played defense against that that strong UNLV team last weekend. DG, you got any thoughts on this one? Uh, tell me again, where's this game being played at? It's in South Bend. It's in no, South Notre, Bend. Notre Dame's 11-point favorites. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go with the upset, too. I think uh, Cal's going to win this. Uh, Notre Dame right now is just not a strong team. And, uh, you know, hopefully for that program, they can get things bounced back this week. But I don't think that this is going to be the week that they get it done. Yeah. They're, and, they're... Go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say, and Rudy was offsides, too. <laughs> that's all. That, when it comes to Notre Dame, that's the only thing that matters. Rudy was offsides. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's jump to the NFL then. Uh, Dan, why don't you take us to Las Vegas, where the Raiders are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Arizona Cardinals. The over-under in this game is 51-and-a-half. I tell you what, this is going to be a tough one. Um, I'm going to take the under on 51-and-a-half, but uh, it's going to be a close game. And, you know, someone's going to come out of this game 0-2. So uh, I I give the advantage to the Raiders just because it's the – their first home game is their opener in Las Vegas for the season. So I think that the Raiders will pull this off, but it's going to be a close one. Bob. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Raiders. I think they're going to be pretty good as the season goes on. And man, our boy VJ, his, their defense got beat up last weekend. Um, And, and Arizona hasn't figured it out on offense yet either, especially with Hopkins being out. Um, so, yeah, man, I don't know if I would give up the points, but I like the Raiders winning outright and maybe throwing them in with a teaser and getting a little bit extra. Yeah, so I, I haven't seen – Kyler Murray, it seems like NFL D coordinators have kind of figured him out uh, and, and figured out how to slow down that Cliff Kingsbury offense. Obviously, no Hopkins is a huge loss. J.J. Uh, Watt I don't think is 100%. Um, I like the Raiders with a big bounce back win uh, at home this week. Uh, I think they might cover that five and a half, but I'm not sure I'll take it. Um, Maybe push that down to getting some points uh, in a teaser there. All right, Bob, uh, let's go to Jacksonville where the Indianapolis Colts are four point favorites over the Jags. The over under in this game is 45 and a half. You know, guys, I love the Jags getting points at home in this game. Um, The way the Colts looked against the Texans last week, um, you know, Matt Ryan being new there, I didn't feel like they just turned around and gave the Jonathan Taylor like they probably should. Um, I think Jacksonville's getting better. Um, And here's another thing. The Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014, seven straight losses. So I am happy to take the Jags in three and a half points um, at, at home this weekend. DG, you know, I'm with you, Bobby, uh, for whatever reason, you know, Jacksonville has a Colts number, you know, in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I think they're a team that's going to be on the rise and they're getting better. Um, you know, it's, you know, watching week one of NFL football, you know, there's really no legit bottom teams now. 
you know, and, you know, Jacksonville was there for a while, but they, they are getting better. And I'm going to take Jacksonville to win this game. I like where both you guys' heads are at on this. I, I think the Matt Ryan era in the NFL ended when uh, he gave up a 28-point lead to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I like the home dogs. I'm rolling with the Jags and the points in this one. All right, guys, let's go to tonight's game in Arrowhead where the Chiefs are four-point favorites at home against the Chargers. The over-under in this game is 54. You know, the big talk in this one is going to be no Keenan Allen for the Chargers, but I think the difference in this game is going to be Khalil Mack and Nick Bosa. The Chargers secondary also looked great last week against a talented group of wide receivers for the Raiders. This defense has been built to slow down Pat Mahomes. Herbert is a field general who likes to spread the ball around. He's going to be able to find other guys to make plays in Allen's absence, including Austin Eckler, who's a problem at running back. I like the Chargers getting the points in this game, and I love the value at plus 175 for them to win the game on the money line. DG, you got any thoughts on this one? Well, I'll tell you what. This is uh, one of the best divisions in the NFL to watch, and tonight is going to be a big game just to see where things, in my opinion, where things are going to be for the rest of this division. Uh, Kansas City has ran this division for, you know, a number of years, and, uh, you know, I – I, I just can't, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you what, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. And I was ever since he got into the league. But at home in Arrowhead tonight, I just can't see them winning. It's a short week for San Diego. Um, I'm going to take over on the points. But I think Kansas City is going to win this at home. With Keenan Allen out, that's also going to be um, an issue. But hopefully Herbert spreads the ball to everybody. But I just don't see them uh, making enough plays to pull this off tonight. Bob? Yeah, I'm a little scared of the spread. Um, I am. I mean, I everything you guys are saying, Justin Herbert's incredible. You know, the Chiefs are going to have a little bit more of a challenge tonight, obviously, with their opponent. But I, I'm a little scared of the, the the spread of this game. But I do like the over. I mean, I think there's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. All right, DG, let's go to mile high where your former squad, the Denver Broncos, are 10-point favorites at home against the Houston Texans. The over-under in this game is 45. Oh, well, I tell you, this is going to be a big game for Denver, you know, just coming off that disappointing loss. Um, again, this is the first game um, here at home for the Broncos. So, you know, this stadium is going to be fired up. Uh, but like I said, again, you know, there really are no no bottom, bottom teams here. And uh, Houston's going to come in here and give everything they got. Their defense is, you know, they're playing pretty – they played pretty well last week. And uh, I, I'm going to go under on the um, points, but uh, – I think Denver's going to pull this victory off this week. Bob? Yeah, you know, I think De Davis Mills looked pretty damn good throwing the ball around for Houston last weekend. Um, obviously, the Broncos have a lot to prove after the loss to the Seahawks, but, man, you know, I have a hard time. Double-digit points in the NFL. I, I would have a really hard time taking the Broncos. I, I mean, I think the Broncos win, but I have a hard time taking the Broncos. I also have a hard time taking the Texans in 10 points. So this will be one that – I won't get anywhere near. So Russell Wilson was Rusty Wilson on Monday Night Football this week. The entire <laughs> offense seemed out of sync, uh, and that makes sense considering they sat all of their starters preseason. I think they do a much better job of game management this week with one game under their belt and not having to deal with that 12th man. I'm with you guys. I hate laying the 10 points, so I probably won't take this game, but I do love the Broncos to win this game. 
And if you want to throw that minus 480 on the money line into a par- parlay with something that you absolutely love, I like UNLV at home against North Texas. I think that's a strong two-team parlay, and uh, that's something that I'm probably going to take. All right, Bob, let's go to Detroit, where the Lions are favored by one and a half points at home against the Washington Commanders. The over-under in this game is 48 and a half. Yeah, you know, I think the Lions are another team that are getting that's getting better, like the Jaguars are. And I, I'm a big fan of Dan Campbell and how he runs that team and the physicality they play with. Jared Goff, Jared Goff's, a, I mean, he's in kind of NFL purgatory up there, but those teams are getting better, and he's a hell of a quarterback, in my opinion. Um, it could be that I'm just on the, the the hard knocks train on HBO watching those guys. Uh, practice together during camp, but I'm also not overly sold on the commanders. So I think the way what the game they came off of and how, how hard Detroit fought back last weekend, coming back home um, in Detroit and only giving up one and a half. I I like the lines and and giving up the points. DG. You know what? This one right here is probably one of the toughest ones for me this week. Um, You know, I'm not really sold on either team, um, but I do like the run game from uh, Detroit. And they're at home, too. So uh, I think I might take Detroit in this one. You know, uh, Bob, I'm with you. I might be drinking the the Hard Knocks Kool-Aid a little bit. But I, I really like Dan Campbell. I think his team has bought in. And I'm going to make an outlandish prediction here. But I believe that this Detroit team with a down uh, Green Bay Packers team has a chance to make the playoffs this year. I love the Lions um, plus one and a half in this game. All right, guys, uh, let's go to the Bay where the San Francisco 49ers are eight and a half point favorites at home against the Seattle Seahawks. The over-under in this game is 41 and a half. Let's let's talk about the shitstorm that Shanahan has created for himself in San Francisco. Trey Lance looked awful in the rain on Sunday, and I'm sure a lot of people will use that as an excuse. uh, But the rumor in the Bay is that he's been uh, missing receivers all summer. Then the 49ers go and bring back Jimmy G, who I actually think might make an appearance in the first half of Sunday's game if Trey isn't getting it done. Uh, Dan, I took a 49ers uh, futures bet with what when Bob was in Vegas for the Niners to win the Super Bowl, thinking that when Brady retired, he was going to land in San Francisco somehow this season. Now, DG, I know uh, Kyle was a Denver kid at Cherry Creek, and you probably played against him and may even know him a little bit. And I know you think very highly of your old quarterback in New England. I heard a story, and I'm not going to name names as to who the source was, but the story was that when Brady left New England, he met with Shanahan about joining the 49ers. Now, in that meeting, uh, what I heard is that uh, Kyle told Tom, look, if we bring you in, I want you to know that I'm still going to be calling the plays. Uh, now, the story that I heard and how Brady re- responded was jokingly, uh, yeah, how'd that work out for you in Atlanta in reference to the Pats who will come from behind win over the Falcons? You know, Brady's done it all. He's got a beautiful family with a supermodel wife and seven Super Bowl rings. To me, it would seem that the only dream left to fulfill is the dream of that little kid who witnessed Montana to Dwight Clark win a Super Bowl with your childhood team and ride off into the sunset. Now, now, assuming that this story is true, and if Shanahan's ego was too big to look past that joke, what are the chances that if he doesn't figure out this quarterback situation, Shanahan is gone in San Francisco, and Brady being a free agent at the end of this season 
suits up for the 49ers next year. DG, any thoughts on this? Well, you know what? I'm not going to speak on something I don't know, and I don't speak on uh, rumors of these little stories, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, I tell you what, I, I, I'm rooting for Kyle, you know, just because I know him and uh, wish him success. Uh, it, it's, you know, he has to put his head down with Trey Lance, especially after everything they gave up to, you know, get him. Um, I think it's going to – be some controversy later on this season, you know, especially if Trey Lance doesn't play well with them signing Garoppolo back. And, you know, Garoppolo does get in, you know, he's, he's a good enough quarterback to manage and, you know, not to put him in bad positions, but uh, th this game right here is going to be a tough game. Um, you know, Seattle has a lot of confidence coming off of this win right here. Um, you know, and I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and, you know, pick Seattle to win this game in San Francisco. Bob, what are you thinking here? Well, my first thought is, is that your pipe dream of Brady to the 49ers isn't happening. Um, <laughs> my second, my second I, thought. I, I agree with you, Bobby. <laughs> it's not happening. My, my second thought is that, uh, like I said last week on the show, I am not sold on this Trey Lance experiment whatsoever. And I know it was a disaster in Chicago with the weather, but um, – I just don't see it getting much better. And the way Seattle played and the way Geno Smith played on Monday night, um, I would take the Seahawks on the points in, in this football game um, if, if I was going to bet it. Yeah, you know, I, I think Seattle's win on Monday was a fluke. Uh, you know, my former high school teammate, Shade Waldron, is the OC in Seattle, but I, I don't think Geno is going to be the answer up there. He did look good last week, but I'm just not sold on him yet after one game. I'm not sure. So, so, Bo, let me ask you this: Are you 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 have more confidence in Trey Lance over Geno Smith? No. Uh, so, I'm not sure the 49ers cover, but I, I do think they're going to win this game. I do think that if Trey doesn't get the offense moving in the first couple of drives, we might see a, a pretty quick trigger, and we might see Jimmy come in. George Kittle is is kind of up in the air and, and a question mark as to whether or not he's going to play. I think the 49ers win. I think Seattle probably covers. So I'm, I'm with you guys that Seattle might not be a bad play uh, at plus eight and a half. All right, guys. Um, that's all the time we have for you today. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a solid and hit that YouTube subscribe button to stay up to date with future episodes and give us a follow on Instagram at armchair donkeys to get our plays in real time. DG, Thanks for joining us on the show this week. Bob, good luck this weekend. Thanks, DJ. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Later, boys.